Well, good morning. It's good to see each of you here today, and I pray that somehow, shape, form, or fashion that God uses you for His glory, that you'll be blessed in some way, and thank you for being here today. Years ago, there was a movie that came out by the name of Excalibur. And if you're familiar with anything about King Arthur and his court and Lancelot and all that, he would be fighting the forces of darkness. At the end of the movie, he walks out and tells, uh, I think it's Percival, his, 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 his second command, say, get everybody ready. Percival walks out and says, squires, pages, guards, prepare for battle. Brothers and sisters, this morning I'll preach to you, as I've said before, as a dying man to dying people. I want you to have a clear understanding of the next few weeks, what we'll be going through. I would like to talk about spiritual warfare. It's something that we often are afraid to talk about. It's something that we take for granted But as we live in this world, we must understand that it is not people, they're things that we're in competition against as children of God. It's not those people or things that oppress us, but Satan himself. And I want you to understand that it's real. As you look around and you see the world the way it is, not only has, is Satan deceitful, not only is he awful in his attacks, he's also subtle, and he uses people. As one man said, if it weren't for people, I could live a good Christian life. But so many times we take that for granted and realize it's not the person, but it's Satan using two things that we wrestle against. Number one, we wrestle against the world, which Satan has dominion. And we wrestle against the flesh because of fallen man who Satan influences. This morning, I will begin, I said, a series in spiritual warfare and the armor of God. I pray that every single one of you read this word. You know, it's so amazing to me that people don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't understand the satanic spirits that are among us. They're afraid of one, but not afraid of Satan. If you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Spirit of God in you. He has regenerated you, And He will sustain you in this world. For some reason, shape, form, or fashion, as I've said many times, we have taken the gospel of Christ and turned it into six flags over Jesus. We love to be entertained. We love to hear things that give us great emotional support for the weak. Then we go out there and we fight these battles that are instigated by Satan and we're not prepared. And we're so easily defeated. But I want to encourage you and prepare you this morning, written by the God-breathed Word, 
that greater is He that lives in us than whatever may be in the world. If you have your Bibles, please stand with me as we'll be reading Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, as we read, Finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of His might, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness. Against the spiritual forces of the wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything, stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, which which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray today that You open our hearts to Your Word. That, Lord, we totally learn dependence on You. God, You are greater. Yet many times we claim to know You, but we live as though we don't. Lord, You are the Creator of all things. And Lord, for those that have placed their faith and trust in You, You have given them regeneration, a rebirth. But Lord, You press them on with sanctification as we grow continually, conforming to the image of Christ. Lord, and oftentimes we talk about spiritual warfare and we cower. And God, we cannot fight the battles alone because we will not prevail. But Lord, may we learn total dependency on You and be prepared for whatever may come our way. We love You and praise Your name. And all God's people said, You may be seated. Now to your surprise, I am going to be today focusing on one verse. Because I think so often we've memorized the armor of God, but I want you to look at the context that is being set before all this is listed. So many times in our lives we glance over Scripture and read them as encouragement, but yet do not know the context in which they was written. As I have said many times, and please hear me again, I will continue to, to give you this. Jesus never promised that we became believers in Him. When we were saved, we would be free from trouble. He never said that. I've often people say, heard people say, man, when you trust in Christ, all your problems go away. They have never read Scripture. He never promised us to make us rich, wealthy. He never promised us to be healthy. And if you hear such teaching, flee. You sung just a minute ago, in this world we will have trouble but I will give you my peace. And I pray today that each one of us that are here today, we learn and grow that the same Spirit of Christ that came into us when we were saved will sustain us 
till we go home. And I want you to look what he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. I have named this series Dressing for Battle. Verse 1. Verse 1 of a fire we go. Listen. I'm going to break this down for you. Finally, in conclusion of everything that God has done for you, finally, I have saved you. I have promised I would never leave you or forsake you. I have given you my word. I have given you encouragement with those who believe in me. Finally, I will never leave you or forsake you. That is what Paul's saying. Finally, since God has done these things for you, listen, finally, since God has done these things for you, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Now, I want you to look at this verse. This is very important. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. You do not have or possess the power to do battle with Satan. Only Christ does. And He who lives in you. Let me give you this assurance. And let me give you this that you may understand. That if you place your trust in the strength of the Lord, you may not get the result that you think is intended for you nor that you desire, but the Holy Spirit of God is powerful enough to sustain you whatever you go through to give you peace that only He can give. Do you understand that? Be strong in the Lord. Let me give you an example. A lot of times we try to do battle by ourselves. Have you ever tried to go into battle with something, whether it be another person, whether it be a situation, and you went on your own, and you got overwhelmed, You see, when we talk about dependency on Christ, we're talking about trusting Him regardless of the outcome. You will find in the book of Chronicles, Jehoshaphat is in a bad situation. Ammon and Moab are fixing to invade. And what he does is he cries out to God. And he says, Our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless against His great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The acknowledgement that he cannot do battle without God. Do you go into whatever situation you go into on your own or you put it into God's hands? Think about that. Paul says, finally, I want you to know before you don your armor, that you must put your strength and trust in the Lord. You see, the Bible tells us Jehazel, who prophesied after this cry from Jehoshaphat, said, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, it's God's. Do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow. But go outward, face them, for the Lord is with you. I want to give you another illustration that you're probably more familiar with. As David goes to take lunch to his brothers who are fighting the Philistines, 
he hears this big, tall, nasty man talking trash about God. And David looks at him and his brothers and said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine saying these things about God? Who is he? Who does he think he is? Now the Bible tells us if anybody could have taken on Goliath, it was Saul. The Bible records that Saul stood head and shoulders above everybody. Saul was a man of a man. But Saul was scared. So I want you to hear the, the, the really the depth of this story. Now gather this, okay? I get so tired of hearing, especially compared to sports events, that it is David versus Goliath. It's big versus little. Forget that. What it is, was one man had enough courage to say, you won't fight him, I will, because God's got this battle. Come on, people, y'all ought to be excited about that. For David said, I'll fight him. The battle is not mine, I give it to you, Lord. And he comes before Goliath. And he said, you come at me with shield and sword and spear. But I come at you in the name of the living God who you're blaspheming. And today I'm going to take your head. And they laughed at him. But it wasn't David's little body that wielded that sword, but the mighty hand of God that took it. That people may realize how powerful God is. You think this world is bad? God is greater. When are we going to be encouraged to live like he is? God is greater. He does the battle for us. And He's talking about His power and His might. Do you understand how mighty Christ is? I love the book of Ephesians. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to read verse 1, 19 and 20 for you. Listen, you don't have to turn, but listen to what he says. As Paul is writing this to the church of Ephesus, one of the most perverted places a man could be. I used to have this book on the uh, book talking about the historical place of Ephesus. And when you get off a ship at, at a port in Ephesus, there were footprints that were carved into the pavement to point the way to the brothels. Tell me you can't be a light in the sign of evil. You can't alone, but you can with God's power. And as Paul writes to the People of Ephesus, he says this in 19 and 20. And what is this surpassing greatness of His power toward us who believe? They are in accordance with the working of the strength of His might, which He brought about in Christ, which when He raised Him up from the dead and seated Him at the right hand of the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to sum up Ephesians 1 for you. God made us, Jesus saved us, and the Holy Spirit has sealed us. Put your strength in Him. The battle's not yours. It's Christ. You don't have to walk into situations alone. And I want everybody to understand that you are facing satanic warfare in this world. Those words shake us to the core. But understand that when you go into this world, if you are a believer in Christ 
and you love Christ, people will hate you. Because they hated Christ first. They will hate you. And I want you to hear me good this morning. Please hear me. If you are not under a satanic attack and you claim to be a believer, either you're weak or you're lost. Now that didn't get anything. So I'm going to clear up for you. And I hope I make a dent with this. If you're a born-again believer and you wrestle flesh and you don't wrestle flesh and blood, but principalities of the dark. You are a believer. You proclaim Christ. The Bible tells us that unbelievers hate us. The Satan will do everything he can. He's a lion seeking whom he may devour. Every one of you that calls yourself a believer, if you are real, you have satanic attacks. It may not be what you think it is, but I can promise you this. I've had people tell me, Chad, the devil don't bother me at all. Well, I can promise you this. He ain't going to waste his ammunition on the saved. He's going to come at the lost. I want y'all to say, come out the saved. He's not going to waste it on the lost. He's not going to waste his ammunition on the lost. He's going to come after the saved. Why would he not waste his ammunition on the lost? Because he's already got you. If you're not being tormented by Satan in one shape, fashion, or the other, you're either weak or you're lost. So Chad, I cannot believe you'd say that. How are you judging people? I want you to listen to me real good. Because the Bible tells me this, that everything that Christ is, the world is contradictory to. Listen to me. It's contradictory to. Look at our lives. The world has twisted what God is and His love is. God wants me to be me. He wants me to love me first. He has put, Satan has put in this attitude of all people, you are for your own glory. You were created for your own glory. Be you. Let me tell you something real quickly, clearly. You were created for God's glory. And when you're created for God's glory, you're against what Satan wants. And he will come after you. And people say, well, it, I, I don't know. What thoughts do you get in your head? Have you ever been talking with somebody about Christ and something will happen to distract you? Have you ever been trying to read the Word of God and the phone rings? Have you ever been trying to work in peace and somebody with the worst mouth ever in the world comes up beside you? Have you ever been trying to pray and somebody will interrupt you? Have you ever been trying to do anything for the glory of God and receive an obstacle? Chad, I've, I've never noticed it. Hey, we think it's such the blatant things that Satan's going to come at us with his, the uh, 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 way the world's portrayed him, with his pitchfork and horns. His attacks are all so subtle. Have you ever just got complacent and said somebody else will handle it? Have you ever said, I can just be idle because that's the way the world is and I'll let somebody else go? If you are active in Christ, then Satan is active against you. Look what he says. But be strong in his might. 
Now, I want you to understand, and this strikes nerves, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to roll anyway. One of the things that I hate for anybody to say to me is let go and let God. You have no clue about Scripture. In a sense, to let God take control, absolutely. But you've got to do something yourself. You've got to be obedient. I think it was Ray Stedman that gave the illustration of a mental hospital that would test patients before he sent them home. What they would do, they'd turn on a spigot in the building and let water go over, all over every place and then give the patient a mop and tell them to mop up the water. If the patient went and turned off the spigot before they mopped up the water, then they'd say they're ready to go back into society. But if they continued to mop while the spigot was running, they said they're not ready. See, it's the same thing with spiritual warfare. I want you to listen good. Yes, God will fight the battle for you, but as you will read, as you just saw with King Jehoshaphat's men, God's going to fight it just like he did with David, but you've got to be willing to get off your tail and go face it. Now that strikes nerves. Let go and let God. What does that mean? That means God's going to take care of you. You need to quit worrying about it. You need to don't worry. He's going to let it all hang out. Let me tell you something. You need, if you want to use that in context, you need to understand or use that saying that this. I'm going to believe that God's going to take care of it regardless of whether I get the result I want or not. I die, I die. If I get fired, I get fired. If I get my feelings hurt, I get my feelings hurt. But i got to be willing to go turn off the flow of evil myself. Remove the obstacle. You hear me? You want to understand spiritual warfare? The desire and the temptation is going to be that satanic force that battles against you. But you don't help yourself when you surround yourself with things that give you temptation. Huh? I've learned this more than ever. The freedom you can have by removing obstacles. When I want to put on the full armor of God, I'll know without a shadow of a doubt that as I get dressed for battle, that I need to go in understanding that i got to do my part. Now no, I'm not going to fight this battle alone. God's going to fight for me. But i got to be present. Amen? i got to be present. I can't see the point where... Let me ask a question. As Peter was being tortured and tormented at the time of Nero, and as I've said before, during this time, you have to understand that even Nero would use Christians and tar their bodies and use them as torches to light the portico. And I go up to Peter and said, hey man, you're going to be burnt tomorrow. Let go and let God. <laughs> let me tell you something. Peter did let God. Because Peter knew that he was going to be killed. But he was able to face the enemy because Christ walked with him. That same power that saved Peter, also give Peter the strength 
to say, to die as my Savior, according to church history, I am not worthy. And Peter was crucified upside down, according to church history. How does that happen? It is the power of the Spirit living in him to know that Christ will never leave him or forsake him, regardless of the outcome. If we had that mentality and understood, listen to me, that regardless of what happens on this earth, that Christ walked with me, I may be healed. I may not. But regardless, I win because Christ is with me. We've got to get in the mentality to know that Christ is control of all things. But we got to also be willing to do battle. We got to show up. You know, many of you that were alive during the presidency of John F. Kennedy will know that he served on PT 109. According to history, he was sank, him and an officer, and they swam from island to island trying to find somewhere where there was a friendly person during the battles with Japan. During these battles in his time of his life, he swam trying to find friendlies. And he was held as a hero. But when John F. Kennedy was asked, how did he do this? He said, it was involuntary. They sank my boat. I had to fight for survival. Listen to me, please. In this world that we live in, we must fight for survival. Resting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what he says. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now something has amazed me. I wasn't going to go on to this, but I have to tie this in. This is, this is great. Put on the full armor of God. Have any of you ever put on armor before? It's not light. And each part of it will protect a specific part of your body. So cry, our Paul is saying here, protect yourself. And I'm going to get into this a little later, but I want you to say it so you can stand firm. This is very important. You cannot stand firm without Christ. You will cower and run. But we are to stand firm. Hold on to the faith that we possess as Hebrews 21 to tell us. For he that promised is faithful. Standing on the rock. You see, when he says be strong in the Lord and be in the strength of his might, let me tell you what this basically is. This is basic training for the Christian. How many of you have served in the military? Raise your hand. See a few of you. You had something you went through called basic training. I've heard some people say that's that was rough. Because they take you and they break you down and build you back up. Let me tell you something. This is basic training for the Christian. That we put our trust and hope in the Lord. 
that we relent self and have Christ build us up. You see, there's so many times that we go into this sinful world that we try to do the work of the Holy Spirit ourselves. We try to save everybody. We try to do certain things. We try to force certain narratives. Total reliance and total dependence means this. Being faithful and obedient to what He's called to do, but let Him do the work. And I see that so many times. And to have your basic training to be prepared and to grow in strength, if you're to be strong in the Lord, then you must grow in Him. You must spend your time on your knees. I said this this morning, and I'm going to say it, and it'll go out on the airways, and it'll shock people, but I want you to listen to me. Please, if you're going to be strong in the Lord, and you are saying, I want the Lord to do what He is going to do and use me, then quit giving me excuses for not staying in His Word and on your knees. I get hear people talk about revival. I hear people talk about rejuvenation and revitalization. I hear people come to me saying, Pastor, pray for my brother, pray for my sister, pray for my friend. Pastor, pray for this church. And my question to you is this, have you prayed for them? Because if you're spending more time in front of the TV than you are praying for that person you have a concern for, don't come to me. Some of you that's here probably won't come back, but think about this. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. When did it become my job to do the only one that was praying? When you go into battle, we go in together. And if you're serious about somebody being saved, you're not going to totally depend on me as your mediator. You're going to be on your knees too. Amen? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Did we get it? You said, Chad, you don't understand what I'm dealing with. Did you hear what you just said? You don't understand what you're dealing with. You're not having to deal with it if you're keeping your nose in the Bible and your knees on prayer. God's dealing with it. You're not going to save a soul. And at the same time, I've told people, listen to me. Just like you have to be willing to turn it over to God, you got to come up and face the battle yourself if you're a born-again believer. I get so tired of people telling me, I want to, Pastor, but I just can't. But I'm struggling. Get up and go into battle. Or leave me alone. I hear my phone buzz so many times. Well, I just don't know what to do. Be obedient to God's Word! Well, I don't know how to face that. Are you serious about your salvation? Do you really believe Christ is who He says He is? Do you really believe that the Christ that saved you can save the most wickedest person in the world? Then act like it. Well, Chad, what about those people that don't listen? Then you untie those shoes and you knock the dust off your feet and you press on. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not trying to be mean or indifferent. I'm just trying to tell you this. There's people in this church and in this body, I love every one of you. And every one of you are equal in my eyes, and I'll pray for you, I'll serve with you, I'll go to battle with you. But you've got to be willing to stand up for yourself too.
Christ will carry us. But we got to be willing to stand up and allow him to do so. Each illustration that I've given you this morning, yes, they let the battle be taken for him. Just like King Jehoshaphat. God, we can't do this. we got to have you. But we will go. And what did they do? His reply, we will be faithful and go. David, you come at me with shield, sword, and spear. But I come at you in the name of the living God. Let me just put it to you this way, and it's the clearest understanding of anything I've ever heard, and I hope this illustration will bring us to a close. Guys, girls, Jesus promised us a comforter when he left. It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is powerful. But there's another spirit active in this world, and it's satanic. And let me tell you, you're not going to do battle alone. You can't, you don't have the power. Chad, I'm pretty tough. Let me tell you something. I need a drink of water on this one. The Bible tells me that there was some sons of Sceva. And they went up to this demon-possessed man. And they said... We command you to come out in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches about. And those demons said, Jesus we know. Paul we've heard. But who are you? And those demons whooped their tails seven days from Sunday. I'm going to tell you something. And I want everybody to hear. We do not have the power to take on Satan. But we have the power of Jesus Christ that has been given us through His Spirit to face those flaming darts if we're willing to stand up. we got to quit confusing the point that, hey, we might get a bad circumstance out of it. We may die, but Christ still wins. The Bible tells me very clearly, if I live, win. If I die, win. Because I'm in Christ. What profit a man, listen to me people, what profit a man to gain the world and lose your soul? Stand firm. You know, I oftentimes, I oftentimes think that sometimes I'm a little loud. Sometimes I get a little animated. But I want you to know one thing very clearly. I love Jesus. And I care for your soul. Now you can make a decision today. We can surrender as believers to Christ and let Him work in us and be obedient to what He's called us to do and rely on His strength and His might. Or we can do it on our own. I will not come up here to entertain you. There's no special in me. I went to Greer High School. I was on the five-year plan. 
I'm from Greer, live in Campobello, lived in Pennsylvania. I've been to school too. All that and a cup of coffee is for 50 cents. No matter what I've achieved or what I thought I've achieved, it's not of my giving, but of God's. And I come to the understanding that he that giveth in an instant can taketh away. So therefore, I must live my life totally dependent on him and his power and his might because I know me. Either I'll wrestle with the world or I'll wrestle with flesh. But he says in Hebrews 10, 21, Hold unswervingly to the faith that you possess, for he that promised is faithful. Hebrews 22, 10, 22. Let us consider how we may spurn one another on in love and good deeds. Hebrews 10, 23. And let us not forsake the assembling of one another together as some are in the habit of doing. Here's the moral of the story. Number one, since I have my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I have his might that will do the battle for me. Number two, I need my brothers and sisters that help me say, Chad, get your tail up and get in the fight. Prepare for battle. And number three, listen to me real good. I need you. We need each other. We are not to forsake the assembling of one another together. We are called together as saints to worship and praise the name of the Lord. And worship does not begin nor end on Sunday. But every day we are the church, the ecclesia, the born again believing body of Jesus Christ. We are called to love and serve with one another. Are you willing to do so? Finally. You see the point? Finally. Because I died for you, I saved you, I will sustain you, I will keep you. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in His might. The same might that died on the cross for your sin. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in all those who believe. Be strong. The same Jesus who said He would never leave us or forsake us. The same Jesus who Paul said to live as Christ, to die as gain. The same Christ that saved my soul, I pray, has saved yours. I will not stand up here in conclusion and tell you you're not going into battle. Your battle may be pornography. Your battle may be people. Your battle may be false friends, false prophets, false teachers. Your battle may be finances. Your Bible may be your workplace. I don't know. But what I do know is that he says, put your faith and your strength in me. And you clothe yourself with the full armor of God. For the next few weeks, I'm going to go through every one of these pieces of armor. Brothers and sisters, I have told many people, 
In the words of Adrian Rogers, I am not the greatest pastor in the world. There are many preachers that can preach the gospel better than I can. But nobody can preach a better gospel than I can because there is only one in somehow, shape, form, or fashion. God will use that for His glory. I don't want to water down the book of Christ, God's holy word, and turn it into six flags over Jesus. Not every person in the world is a good person at heart. We're all bad. We're all dead. Jesus Christ did not come to this earth to make bad men good. He came to this earth to make dead men live. And every one of us that are not believers in Jesus Christ have one time actively or passively been dead in our trespasses. And you may say, well, Chad, you know, you get into all this. What does this mean? Let me, let me tell you this. Every one of us has been born with a God-sized hole that only He can fill. There's nothing materialistic nor anything that you'll ever achieve will bring you joy in your life. Never. It may bring you moments of happiness, but it will never bring you joy. And the Bible told me that yet on my best day, my righteousness is but filthy rags. You may say, Chad, you don't know what I've done. You have no clue what I've done whether I've shot 15 people, whether I've committed adultery with 15 men or women, whether I have lied all my life. Let me tell you this. Whether you lied once or whether you lied all your life, your righteousness is but filthy rags. There's none of us worthy. But Christ died for us and we have been made worthy through Christ because we were unworthy. That's salvation. That's grace. And the same God that has saved your soul, if you've placed your faith and trust in Him, means surrendering to Him and turning from the world. Not only did He regenerate you and He has saved you, but He will sustain you and encourage you to be strong in the Lord and put on the strength of His might. The same Jesus that the Bible said at the sound of His name, Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. Listen to me clearly before you leave this building. You can bow now or you can bow later, but every one of you is going to bow. His name is above every name. You say, Chad, you get a little excited with this. Yes, I do. I tell you what. Because the same Jesus that saved me is sustaining me. And whether I die today or whether I live 15 more years, I know that I'm going to be ushered into the presence of His, into the, into, ushered into His presence. Why? Because I place my faith and trust in Him. And while I live on this earth, I will live that everything I do would be for the glory of God. And I pray that you do too. And I'm willing to go into battle with you if you're willing to lead, follow with me. Because I'm going to tell you something in the age that we live in, this is why I'm really stressing this. The church is being shut down. By those who say we're hurtful. Everything that we have put our reliance on, it might be your 401k, you'll find out right quick like that it can be gone in an instant. If you're looking at buying that house or hitting the lottery, woe unto you. Let me understand, I want you to understand this. Job is a clear indication that what you can have in an instant, God can take away. And I will say this, they may take everything I have materialistically, they may take my family, but one thing I know without a shadow of fact, they can't take away my Jesus. Because the same Jesus that saved me has sustained me. 
And if we all had that mentality and all had that desire and all had placed our faith and trust in Him to turn from our sins and to follow and hold on to Christ, then every one of us would be equally brave. We wouldn't have to beat people over the head to go to the mission field. As many of you as in here on Wednesday nights with me on Sunday mornings during Sunday school, David Platt said this very clearly. You know why there's so many unreached people left in the world? Because all the easy places are taken. Are we willing to be next? Guys, we live in a ruthless world. It is evil. But I can tell you this. My God is greater than this world. It was made for Him and by Him, and He will bring it back to Him. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your grace and mercy. Lord, we, we thank You for all that You've done. And Lord, I, I get lost for words because I'm not here to win a popularity contest, but I'm not supposed to be the biggest jerk either. But God, I would rather everybody in the world be mad at me than one soul go to hell. God, I want to be an encourager. And even those people who may say you have a funny way of showing that, I, the world's ruthless. The world does not like me. Your word is said very clearly, I'm of you or I'm of the world. I can't be on both. So I know if I'm with you, they hated you before they hated me. And they're going to hate me. But Lord, I know without a shadow of a doubt, Lord, that you will sustain me. You who have saved me will sustain me. Finally, because you've done all these things. Finally, since you have given me all this. Lord, you've given me your spirit. You have given me yourself to hold and cling on to the word. The, the, my knees in prayer. Not only can I read your God-breathed word, I can go to you in prayer anytime. And God, you've given me saints that will stand beside me. You've given me all these things. Lord, I have got to be willing to be obedient and surrender. Lord, they may be one here today that has never placed their faith and trust in you, but God, I pray that you convict their heart before it's eternally too late. There will be somebody here in this church that may not know when they're going to leave this world, but they can know how they leave it. The Bible tells me very clearly that he who, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I pray that there's convicted hearts that turn to follow you. Lord, there's born-again believers that are sitting here today that need encouragement just like the rest of us. They said, Chad, I'm a little afraid to go into battle. Well, I'm going to tell you this. That's the least thing that we should be afraid of because you said you would walk with us. But God, we have to be obedient and go. I'm not going to say, Lord, to stand up here and give a false testimony to these people that I haven't been afraid. There are times I've been afraid. I was afraid at times on the mission field. I've been afraid of times when I lived in different areas. I've been afraid sharing the word sometimes. But Lord God, it did not sit well with me because I'm not supposed to have the spirit of fear. Because greater are you that is in me. That's not the nature that you give me, Lord, was a spirit of fear. And Lord, I may be beat up tomorrow. And I may die. Lord, I may lose my job. I may lose everything I have. 
But Lord, each one of us, just like me, need to ask ourselves daily, is Christ enough? Your word says He is, and I believe He is. So if Christ is enough, as I said last week, we need to live on this earth, knowing with your sojourners on this earth. To have the home mentality, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And God, there's a greater home awaiting for me. And God, it's a home not built with human hands. Not a home where moss and termites can destroy. But a home built on the foundation of your son Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. That no matter what may come against it, it is strong. And Lord, as I say oftentimes in the close of this prayer, that Lord, I pray myself as well as my brothers and sisters before me that when they leave this world, they were known as a cross-eyed rock and roll Christian. That their eyes were on the cross, their foot was on the rock, and their name is on the roll. We love you and praise your name. And all God's people said, please stand and worship with us as we sing.